Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. The recent discovery of the bodies of 215 Indigenous children on the site of a residential school in Kamloops, British Columbia, impacted the residents of Alderville. A range of emotions were felt throughout the community from heartache to grief to anger. A march was quickly organized on May 31st to bring people together. They walked from the Health Center on County Road 45 up to the War Monument near the Band Council's office. Flags were lowered across the county and across the country. There was an outpouring of sadness, but there was also anger. A call for action on the 94 recommendations of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission went out. Locally, Coburg Council approved a previous request from 2017 to rename the West Pier and Headlands. It was named after Hector Louis Levin, a father of Confederation and an architect of the residential school system. On today's show, Alderville Councillor and historian Brian Beaver returns to share his thoughts on the news of the 215 children and provide some local perspective on his own reaction and the reaction of the community. Here is Brian Beaver. I'm so pleased to have with me today Brian Beaver, a counselor and a historian in Alderville. Welcome to Consider This. Thank you, Robert, for inviting me to share my uh, views on this unfortunate uh, situation. Um, first off, I'd like to thank... Uh, the neighbors in the township and the county uh, for their support. Uh, If you drive around Elmwood Township, for example, uh, near Alderville First Nation, you see orange shirts hanging at the gates at nearby farms and houses. There's been an outpouring of support for us across Canada, actually. What's ironic is uh, this is Indigenous History Month. What a bad time for these types of uh, news news uh, items to come out. The indigenous people suffered indignity after indignity. There was a report on murdered and missing indigenous women. There was a situation with Joyce Atchikwan where she recorded uh, her her um, her lying in the hospital bed with the nurses demeaning and ridiculing her in Quebec. She later died. The family says her death could have been prevented. Then we got news of 215 children being found buried at the residential school in Kamloops. This this hurt us deeply. It's worse when children are involved, of course. Children should be protected and nurtured. Indigenous people are still mourning the news uh, weeks later. Uh, this has opened old wounds. I wondered, why weren't the children's bodies returned to the families when they died? 
I wondered if the families were actually notified. Uh, I've seen reports where when families came to visit the school, they were told that the children had run away and they hadn't been hurt since, uh, and yet they had died. Um, there was an example where the uh, Truth and Reconciliation Commission said that there was a report of students having to bury other students at the residential school grounds. There was an example from Fort Caval, Saskatchewan, where a former student talked on CBC and showed where the nuns whipped them. Um, they made them clean the stairs with a toothbrush. I remember the boys were taken for sexual purposes and other atrocities. It's, it's so sad and unfortunate. Uh, a former student said he didn't get a hug for years. No one told him he was loved all that time. These students were not nurtured during these formative years. Of course, these, these years are important for social and emotional development. I think the result is, is problems uh, uh, where people who haven't been nurtured are trying to fill the void with alcohol or drugs, for example. If you look at Vancouver's east, east side, you see many people abusing alcohol and drugs, left um, trying to fill a void left by experience at the residential schools. This is going to take generations to uh, resolve. Uh, some of the earlier treaties uh, were, were signed by First Nations where, where, where they gave up millions of acres for such promises of schools to be built on the reserves but few, if any, were built. Canada argues it meant to pay salaries of teachers, not build schools. So all these students were sent to residential schools. Some, to be fair, some students said they had a good experience at the schools, but far too many were sexually abused, physically abused, mentally abused, were given poor food, punished for speaking their language, had their hair cut, clothes taken. There was an example uh, of a, a young student in British Columbia where her mother gave her a, a beautiful orange shirt to wear to the school. The school took it and it was never seen again. That's why we, that's why we acknowledge the uh, residential school situation with Orange Shirt Day. And of course, all, all these students lost their culture their language and traditions uh, as a result of attending these schools. Uh, Indian Affairs and the churches didn't promote programs to retain these uh, uh, important uh, aspects of their life. At Alderville, we were lucky. Uh, we had our own uh, school at the uh, First Nations, so our, our students were not taken away. Although we did have two families who, who were unfortunately uh, sent to residential schools. Uh, I recall uh, a great uncle who said he ran away from the school and he told us about walking backwards from the school so that the school officials wouldn't know he had left. They would have thought he was walking towards the school. So they never ever did catch him. A little bit of interest there from the Alderville perspective. 
There's the example of uh, Shanae Wenjak, who ran away and died trying to walk 600 miles back to his First Nation. This was made famous by Gore Downey, of course. A lot of people have heard of this sad story. The deaths were unnecessary. There was about 150,000 students who who uh, went through the schools who um, who had that unfortunate experience. The Truth and Re- Reconciliation Commission said 4,100 4, to 6,000 died amid abuse and neglect. And so much of this was unnecessary. In 1890, for example, physician Dr. Orton uh, said the schools had poor ventilation, tuberculosis resulted, and if Indian Affairs and the churches had fixed the schools, deaths could be reduced by at least half. But the government said it was too expensive. In 1907, uh, Dr. Bryce, the chief medical inspector for Indian Affairs, uh, gave a report uh, um, stating that the uh, schools had unsanitary conditions, there were numerous deficiencies with high death rates and usually tuberculosis. In 1920, Duncan, the superintendent general of Indian Affairs, made residential school attendance mandatory, saying he wanted to get rid of the Indian problem. In 1922, Dr. Bryce submitted his report entitled A National Crisis. He said that within five years of entry, 30 to 60 percent of students died. Tuberculosis was usually the cause. Government ignored his resignation, saying again they were just too expensive. So today we're demanding accountability for this, uh, these atrocities, the Pope should apologize. The Roman Catholic Church should open its records to show where the students were buried, why they were buried, how they died, what families were notified, etc. They should pay, uh, churches and, and government should pay the cost of searching for more bodies at residential schools across Canada, because there are more for sure. That that's uh, that's known. That's a known fact. The Pope hasn't apologized. The United Church apologized in 1986. The Oblates of Mary Immaculate apologized in 1991. The Anglicans in 1993, and the Presbyterian Church in 1994. Why can't the Roman Catholic Church apologize? From a, a, a local perspective. I'd like to bring up the Langevin block in Coburg. Langevin was one of the architects of the residential school program. Uh, One of the parliament buildings, they call them blocks, was named after Langevin. Uh, Recently, Trudeau uh, decided that that name should be changed, so Langevin was dropped. Uh, that brings us to uh, the situation now with the Coburg Pier. One of the piers has been named after Langevin uh, and has been for many years. Back in about ni- uh, 2017, 
two local residents in, in Coburg, uh, Megan Sheffield and Nicole Beatty, uh, uh, made a submission to Coburg Council to to change the name of the Langevin Pier. They invited the Chief of Alderville to make a presentation. Uh, they didn't recommend a name, but they had suggested perhaps it be a, a Mississauga name, given that uh, Coburg is located on Mississauga Indigenous uh, traditional territory. I understand uh, today uh, that the Coburg uh, Council has followed through on that request. Uh, you had an update on that, uh, Robert? Uh, I did, Brian. Um, I understand that at its last meeting, Coburg Council has immediately removed the name of Langevin, and it is now uh, undertaking a process to, uh, as you said, uh, find an indigenous name for the West uh, Pier and Headlands. Uh, thank you for that. So those were all my comments. Um, well, again, I thank you for the opportunity uh, to share my views and the views of the Indigenous people. Uh, did you have any questions? Any anything? Uh, I I do, Brian. Clarification. Sure. Yeah, I I'd like to start maybe with a little more of a, a personal view from you. I, I know you you you're speaking in broad historic terms, and and I respect that deeply. But what was your reaction uh, on the news about the bodies of the 215 children that were found buried? It was horrible. Um, it brought tears to my eyes. Uh, the news wasn't new in, in the sense that the Truth and Recon Reconciliation Commission, uh, back when they made the report, uh, did say that uh, there were bodies uh, buried at the schools and that the government should uh, make a move to... Uh, to identify them, but uh, that has not happened. Uh, again, 215 children. It's horrible. It's disturbing. It's sad. There's just you can't hear anything worse. I think the only thing that could make it worse is if they were your your own children. But um, I, I grieve for the families uh, who had to hear the, this news. The relatives of all those children. Uh, as I say, it's disturbing, and you know it's been on the news continuously since then. And uh, I still get tears in my eyes when when it comes up. How did the community respond? Um, I understand that there was a march on May thirty first. Can you tell me a little bit about that and what happened? Uh, yes, a couple of the members uh, had suggested that we. Uh, that the community needs to uh, recognize uh, our support for those families uh, that have suffered. We need to we need to take an opportunity to, to display our concern of an opportunity to grieve with the families, an opportunity to show our support. So we uh, we decided that we would have a a walk, a march from our health center uh, about a mile and a quarter down to uh, uh, Alderville's uh, War Memorial. And uh, so we did that. We all, uh, we, we all wore orange shirts in support of uh, uh, the families. Uh, we had a large turnout. A lot of children came, a lot of women and uh, men 
it was a tremendous turnout, and we were pleased. The discovery and the subsequent fallout has triggered many Indigenous people to share their stories about residential schools once more. But there have been those who on social media and on other media have said enough with the stories. We all know that it was bad. Why is it important to continue to share these experiences inside residential schools, both now and in the future? Um, I guess the obvious point is we want to avoid uh, these types of situations happening to to any group in Canada, not just to Indigenous people, but uh, other groups as well. Uh, I think an unfortunate situation came up in London where uh, a driver in a car allegedly uh, killed four Muslim Muslim members uh, of a family uh, intentionally. Uh, this is another example of uh, racism of, uh, of, of people harming others. Uh, we just want to ensure that the message gets out there that uh, Indigenous people have been victims again and again and again. Uh, we want to ensure that those responsible are held accountable. As I mentioned before, that uh, the, uh, the bodies need to be uh, identified at other schools across Canada. Uh, these issues need to be resolved. Now, the federal government and the provincial government have promised uh, monies towards uh, doing uh, surveys of other residential schools and other sites. Will Alderville be applying for some funds, and does it want to have a survey done of the residential school site? Um, We did have a type of residential school uh, back in... uh, 1858, roughly to about uh, uh, 1861, but it was a a different uh, different type of a school uh, compared to the uh, schools that were uh, put in place by the residential school program later. Uh, we had a, an industrial school where uh, the students were taught trades. Um, that is, the men were taught trades, the women domestic chores. It was administered by the Methodist missionaries who who moved with us from the Bay of Quinty to Alnwick Township in 1837. So we did have a type of residence school. Uh, uh, students from um, a few First Nations in the area attended. Uh, there was some... Uh, deaths of the students, um, usually it was typhus or tuberculosis, so we, we're, pretty sure, we're pretty sure that uh, some of the bodies are, are, um, have been buried behind our United Church, so um, that is an option for all the councils to think about to apply for some of this funding, but um, we've, we've discussed it uh, on other occasions in the last two years before this news came out, so So it's something we are uh, moving on that is very important to us. 
Um, I know in past conversations with you, we've talked about the industrial school and and we also talked about the day school, which were two different things. Now, the industrial school, my understanding was was that the uh, community had uh, much more influence. The Indigenous people were uh, partners in this school, or at least were heavily involved financing. Uh, and it wasn't... Um, at the same as other residential schools where the indigenous people were not involved. Am I correct in that, or have I got it wrong? Uh, no, you're correct. Uh, um, Alderville and, and other First Nations uh, who sent students to the schools contributed uh, uh, a lot of the uh, dollars that uh, were used for administrative purposes, etc., etc. So uh, there was support from the chiefs at the time, um, but unfortunately, the, the experience wasn't positive for a lot of the students because the students were basically farm laborers. Uh, there was long hours. They were up at 4 a.m. doing uh, farm chores. They'd spend part of the time in school. Then they'd be back out into the uh, farm again at night working so a lot of the chiefs were very concerned about the long hours um, they were concerned about tuberculosis and typhus uh, these were diseases that were uh, affecting a lot of indigenous people at the time and non-indigenous people I think uh, as well so uh, so the government decided because of these issues that they would close the industrial school in 1861 so it was truly then the indigenous people because of their reaction that's one of the big reasons why the school closed am i understanding yes. that correctly that's part of it yeah um now the day school it, it was something different but being a day school as you mentioned earlier local children were able to go there i also understand that there was a uh an indigenous teacher also who was local who taught there as well am i, am I correct in that uh, yes, uh, that was uh, Jack Lukes. He, uh, he uh, started teaching uh, in 1937, if my uh, memory is correct, and uh, taught for many, many years. Uh, we were fortunate to have a teacher who taught our parents and our other relatives and, and at the same time taught us, uh, well, not at the same time, but later taught us. So, um, it was fortunate that we had a member of our own community who, who was in a position to teach us. Should the residential schools be torn down? No, I think they should be kept as museums, as uh, examples of uh, past atrocities. Um, I know some of them have been torn down. It, it's unfortunate. Um, there was a, a report of a, a residential school in perhaps Saskatchewan where the land was sold by the church, sold on a condition that the, uh, the school be retained and the, uh, uh, the bodies of any children not be disturbed. But the land was sold over and over again, and now there are houses on these, uh, on these, uh, on the location where the former school was uh, situated. So it's very unfortunate in that particular case, for sure. 
Now, this incident has rekindled calls for the federal government to implement all the recommendations from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, which were offered nine years ago. Do you believe the current climate in the country will motivate the federal and provincial governments to address these recommendations? I, I think uh, the uh, identification of uh, 215 children's bodies will provide an impetus. That news ricocheted around the world immediately. It was, it was reported in Rome, Paris, China. China had a field day with it, of course, because Canada's always uh, uh, concerned with Chinese human rights conditions. So a lot of countries were appalled. Uh, I listened to the Pope uh, give his speech last Sunday where he acknowledged the... Uh, the situation in Kamloops, but again, he didn't apologize. The United Nations has said that Canada should identify all the bodies, pay for it, and identify all the bodies that were buried in residential schools across Canada. Um, the world has just, has just uh, made their uh, points known. I think Canada will react appropriately to it. At least I hope they will. So what is the role of allies within the commu our community? For those who support the Indigenous communities, cry for justice. What can people do? Uh, people can uh, communicate with their member of uh, provincial, uh, po uh, provincial government. They can communicate with uh, uh, the member of parliament for the federal government, show their support that way, demand that action be taken. Uh, they can educate themselves on the uh, the whole um, history of residential schools. Uh, my book, for example, uh, um, Alderville First Nation, a history, has a lot of information on assimilationist policies, uh, both by the, the churches and government. Uh, they can they can learn about um, Alderville through that and the people of Alderville and how they responded and, and so on and so on. Brian Beaver, I want to thank you so much for talking to me today. Well, thank you very much, Robert. I, uh, I appreciated this. I enjoyed the talk and, uh, and uh, good luck with future uh, stories along these lines. Thank you. That was my interview with Brian Beaver, Alderville counselor and historian. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in. And I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at ConsiderThisNorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at ConsiderThis. If you enjoyed this podcast, 
or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening, and stay tuned for more from Consider This.